Hello. Can you hear me? How are we doing? Yeah, can you good? Can you hear me good? Yep. Got a new new mic, so you know, I'm trying it out for the first time, and you know, it's always I... stressful when you get new equipment. Yes. Yeah. How how are we doing? We all okay? We all good? Yeah. I mean, just a few days left. You know, yeah. what could go wrong besides people saying stupid things and <laughs> trying to sandbag their own chances and shitty anonymous ballots and all that shit. Oh, mate, it, it, it's so frustrating. The thing is, uh, it's got to the point now where we've seen this happen so many times and it's a bit frustrating at this point, isn't it? When you have when you have people who are still trying to use them as a great indicator to what's actually going to happen. Like, I'm still finding it hilarious that we still got... I mean, it's just like last year. Do you remember when everyone was like, Penelope Cruz is going to win Best Actress? And it's like... Yep. There it's were like, the... oh, really, is she? Oh, my God. Like, yeah, there the same like... thing's happening this year. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Literally but... the exact same thing, where Riseborough didn't get nominated anywhere, neither did Cruz, and now everyone's like, oh, it must mean they're going to win. they got so much support. And it's like, okay, mate. All right, can we all calm down? Yeah. The thing that's super, the thing that's super frustrating about these ballots is that the type of people that would be coming forward and doing these amorphous ballots, I can imagine they're all kind of very similar sort of people who would vote for the same things. And you got to remember, if there's all together in a year thirty anonymous ballots, if all if that like all thirty of those people could have voted for Andrew Riseborough, but they could have been all the, the only thirty people that voted for Andrew Riseborough. Like it's such a limited, unfair result on how to predict things. Well, it's it's that, and it's also. I mean, I've done, I did anonymous ballots one year last year. And so I can't, without being too hypocritical, I can't, you know, really bag on them too much, but I'm going to anyway, uh, <laughs> because I really regret doing it because it's all of these interviews, all of these ballots, all of these outlets, um, they're creating the narrative. They could, they could yeah. interview 10 people and their choices and just give out five or seven because it's going to 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 create a narrative that they want to for attention and for clicks and yeah. so yeah i really really regret doing that i never will again um and i just yeah it does send people into a frenzy I wouldn't say it's something you got to regret because I I never personally set them up. I have interviewed anonymous ballots before when I was writing at Music City. Um, I wouldn't say it's something to regret. Like they are interesting conversations to have just to see like where voters are going, like what they're thinking. But um, do you get concerned that maybe these anonymous ballots, what people are saying, like Oscar voters can pick up on them and it can kind of sway them last minute where they're going to go, or do you not really think that's something that happens? No, because the ballots come out after um, uh, voting is done. The, the ballots are, 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 the interviews are done beforehand, but everyone except for the LA Times last week, which revealed like three things, normally the uh, journalistic rule of thumb is that they don't go out until after voting has closed, specifically to not um, sway voters. And even though it's anonymous and it's not like, you know, the Riseboro campaign and what just happened with Michelle Yeoh, nobody is naming people as here's who I'm voting for and who's who I'm not voting for and why. That's why they're anonymous. Yeah. 
it's just I, I i think releasing them before voting is done is just a bit of a cunty thing to do because it it, it unfairly sways where the race might go to be honest it's super tacky and if you're going to do them you sh- they should never be done before or during voting i completely agree with that i think this general conversation about like you know where the race is going kind of segues nicely into best picture now i think me and i i don't even have to ask you we're both predicting everything everywhere to take the big prize correct now i'm not mental i'm not trying to say i think it will happen necessarily or that i'm changing my prediction because i'm absolutely not but you know with the fact that you know by the time the Oscars comes around it would have been two weeks since the sags granted the voting was way before then there is a part of me probably probably because i want it to happen so badly um that i'm almost concerned that it's all too good to be true and i really really do worry that this will be the year that with the preferential ballot you've got to remember like it's done it also takes into account number twos and threes and there is going to be a year that comes where we're going to get a best picture winner that'll be the equivalent of something like like elvis or tar winning like something that none of us saw necessarily but because the anonymous ballot works in their favor it's going to happen and every single year i think will this be the year will this be the year and because this year is kind of so filled with like kind of that that, uh, like films like banshees top gun fablemans even elvis they're so likable and i am concerned that one of them could like just really randomly take the edge and i don't know whether that's something you buy into this year or whether you think it's something that could happen in maybe a couple years time Maybe in the future, but I think it's extremely, extremely unlikely this year. And for a few reasons, one, because the the placement of awards and shows this season was totally different. SAG usually happens in January uh, and it came after BAFTA, which is really, really unusual. Uh, And it was less than a week before Oscar voting started. So that's where the momentum was for uh, for everything everywhere. Yes, All Quiet did great at the BAFTAs. Uh, and everybody kind of went, oh, wow, is this, is this winning? Could this be a number two? Or what are we missing? And then, you know, the, the tide of award season absolutely moves and ebbs and flows week to week. The very next week was PGA and then SAG the next day. And everything everywhere was the choice. Uh, there was not enough time to generate like real backlash or the kind of of uh, think pieces that have time to marinate. Uh, and on the other side, when you look at, uh, so since 2000, when BAFTAs started to, to happen before the Oscars, there isn't a single year where the BAFTA choice was the Oscar choice over the PGA. Never. It's never happened. It's certainly not going to happen with this. PGA is always the best. It is so, I mean, I usually try not to be this ignorant, but this year, like, all quiet, like, I'm sorry, but, like, us Brits, like, we love our war films, we love those, like, big, bombastic, aggressively, you know, violent war films, like, BAFTAs are the ones that gave Hacksaw Ridge best editing, for example, like, this, I'm sorry, but this is such an exclusively BAFTA thing, and it's interesting that this has happened, because usually the BAFTAs have been so in line apart from with Best Picture, but excluding their Best Film Award, they've been kind of so aligned with what 
is kind of either winning the Oscar or kind of big in the conversation. If you go back to like the nineties, like they, those were the years where they like give some like random movie like Romeo and Juliet all the awards where they weren't even to be seen anywhere at the Oscars. And I think this is the first time that's happened in a really long time. And I don't, and I don't know whether the BAFTAs are kind of like swaying a new way now or whether this is just a complete like one-off. Um, I do think that that All Quiet doing as well as it did at BAFTA was a bit of a surprise. And it is kind of neat because, I mean, it, it did seem like they were sort of going their own way. But I mean, look at the the last one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years. Uh, BAFTA and PGA have only lined up one time. That's Nomadland. So they're already on a different path than the Oscars than PGA, and that's that's great. There's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. I mean. Right before that, there was one, two, three, four, five, six years in a row of PGA BAFTA Best Picture all the way through. And it's it's, it's great to see it, though. It's it, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I love Nomadland. I think it's great. And I, it's one of those films that's grown on me like every single year I watch it. And it's been one of those interesting things where the first time I watched it, didn't like it liked a little bit more second time and like i've never had something like nomadland grow on me and i think that's why i won best picture because it grew on people and people kind of came to fall in love with it right at the perfect time but um what i do hate is i hate years where even like if i love the movie i like you know the oscars come about once a year i like the chaos of it all i like seeing i like the, the best thing about this year's oscars is apart from like best picture best director apart from best supporting actor all the acting races are just nuts and like it's such like a coin toss and basically all of them and I, I i love to see it like it like it's such it like last year the year of laura dern and walking phoenix they were so predictable and the acting races are in my opinion the most um interesting ones where there's like a real split because there's like such a kind of open conversation about like what should win categories like editing and cinematography whilst all white subjective they're probably the one the more like objective ones whilst like the acting categories always stir like a really interesting debate yeah uh i love that this year not one single acting contender is going to sweep all of the precursors that hasn't happened in years yeah not one of them it's it's wild. I love it. It's great. I mean, Blanchett has got three of the four and Quan got three of the four, but nobody went all the way. It's fascinating. I love it. As in terms of talking about the race and 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 the being able to generate, you know, excitement in possibility, that's pretty great. It does obviously get very boring when you can see uh where things are going without any uh, surprise. I guess, kind of, with the acting races, we could kind of we could kind of go past best director, uh, very quickly. But I think the Daniels are so locked in. I'm not sure if there's much of a conversation to be had. <laughs> it is. I think they are absolutely locked in. Yeah. If you were forced to choose a number two, who would you say it is? Because couple months ago we would have all said steven spielberg even though he's the only one who's won another award he almost seems like the least likely with ruben austin now to ever 
in, in, in any sort of possibility cause an upset not that we're really looking at happening but i'd probably say todd field maybe i posted my director predictions yesterday and i put todd field at number two yeah completely agree on that one i feel like i feel like if all quiet hadn't happened this year i feel like he probably would like a good shot of bafta and i feel like that's probably would have been his closest path but the daniel's winning best director is there much of a conversation to be had yeah uh, it's it's yeah it should i be think they're more locked it's more locked than it's more locked and directed than every, everywhere winning best picture in my opinion well i mean just by virtue of the the difference in battle uh balloting yeah i can i can see that mm. um kind of going on to the acting races because they're so fun um i think we'll kind of go past the easiest one first best supporting actor is the only one that's pretty predictable it's uh, it's going to be key high isn't it yeah that um it, it would be even even with the sag and bath split uh it would be this would be the most shocking upset if somebody other than Quan wins of any category. To be honest, to be honest, I completely agree. And to be honest, I think Barry Coogan winning a BAFTA was such a BAFTA thing. And in any other year where there's just a sole BAFTA winner, I just find it way more telling. Just think Olivia Coleman, think Mark Rylance, think Tilda Swinton. But I think this year, I I hate to say it because I know it sounds really naive, but I just think Barry Coogan was such like a BAFTA thing and a BAFTA thing only. I mean, it's great that you won something because I, I really like him in that film. And a part of me wants to see Ki Hai Kwan win because it'll be great for him. It's it's such a great career comeback. It'll be uplifting for people who have maybe given up on their dreams and, you know, it'll it'll have such a great impact on society as a whole. It doesn't take away from the fact that Barry Coogan was like great and I guess if you want to compare performances, they're equally as good just on different levels. It's yeah, I mean I, I think this has definitely been uh the year of of narratives and comebacks uh in the acting categories but i think kwan has the best one and mm -hmm. kind of like the purest one uh even you know more so than than brendan fraser um i think it's fascinating that looking looking at at how kyogen won bafta with smaller amount of screen time than his nominated co-star who's practically a co-lead and then mm -hmm. when we jump over to supporting actress jamie lee curtis wins over her co-star who is also almost a co-lead that that's unusual usually Support what we get is when two performances are nominated against each other from the same film the one you know with the bigger part wins you have your Catherine zeta jones versus queen latifah or Sam Rockwell versus Woody Harrelson. It's usually the other way around. So this year has been completely inverse. It's been inverse. And I think going on to Best Supporting actually is a really interesting conversation. This is my stance. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't hate the fact she's there, purely because it's nice to see her nominate. But then again, I'm only happy that she's there because Stephanie Hsu's there. Because mm -hmm. she is the better performance. I don't care what anyone says. I think we're all in agreement anyway. Um, Angela Bassett, while I'd love to see it because I she's one of my absolute favorite actresses, I just can't get behind this idea that a Marvel movie that isn't in Best Picture, a performance that isn't, she's not in the film that much. I just can't see it going to the Academy Awards, which makes me lean towards. And it comes back to the conversation we just had about Soul BAFTA winners. I think I'm gonna predict by a by a hair Carrie Condon because I just don't see 
um, Jamie Lee Curtis winning. I think that was such like an actor supporting actors type of thing at the SAG. And if she does win for as much as love everything everywhere, that'll be the point where I go, okay, this has been taken too far. And Angela Bassett just has too much in the way in terms of not being a part of the Best Picture nominee for a Marvel movie, not being in the movie much to get in. I feel like the nomination in a way is almost like a win to her for that type of movie. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think, for most people, the most open category because it's not between two people. It's between three-ish because we've had some very spread out results from the precursors. Angela Bassett kicked it off with Golden Globe and Critics' Choice, and then the industry came in, and Condon has BAFTA, and Curtis has SAG. Uh, and so in my, like in my write up for this, this was such a fun thing to kind of dive into. And, you know, I love my charts. So I have all my color coded charts of like, here's what happens when, and, and, you know, when things align, you know, so that everybody's nominated at the same places. So they're in direct competition with each other or not. Um, I, I'm going with Condon and for a few reasons. One, uh, I think Everything Everywhere is winning a lot of acting awards, but I don't think it's winning three. Uh, Curtis feels very much like the, the SAG veteran winner because they haven't given her one before because they've been around for 30 years, so uh they haven't they haven't had much of a chance to reward her and i mean a, a lot of other reasons i don't want to go too deep into it but you can definitely read what i wrote about it but something weird about this category is that for the last eight years in a row the winner here is the only winner from their film now hong chow that could possibly be the case. Stephanie Shu, pretty unlikely that... Do you actually think Hon Chao has a shot? No, I don't. But what I'm saying is, with the last eight years, having this category winner be the only win from her film, the only ones that are realistically that could fall into that would be Bassett or Condon. So I'm I'm going with Condon because this is a really interesting streak that's that's been happening. Uh, it's kind of unexplainable. So I'm gonna go with it until it breaks. I probably would not. I mean, I actually would not at all if Condon hadn't won BAFTA. But it's just it's giving me Tilda Swinton tease, and here I we are. I completely agree. That is literally my exact same thinking. If you had to choose um, out of all the supporting actresses, who would you go with if you had the final say in who won? If it was my choice, it would be Shu. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. Yeah. Um, if you had to choose between Bassett, um, Curtis, or Condon, who would you choose? Hmm. You see, it's tricky, isn't it? I've asked many people this, and it's the same thing. Honestly, I would probably go with Condon because I feel like even though she's won the most critics awards overall, that her performance still feels underrated in it. And I think she's just so good. 
She really no. She's she, fantastic. I think I, I I completely agree with both decisions there. Um, she would be my choice. I'm really upset and to be honest, kind of shocked that Curtis completely took a thunder. Like I remember, like a year ago, thinking that anyone predicting Curtis was nuts. And I, to be honest, I I love Curtis, but I find it so sad that she completely stole Shu's thunder. Because I'm sorry, but Stephanie Shu is so great in in everything, everywhere, and Curtis is good in what she does. But let's face it, if this was a performance in any other film ever. It wouldn't even be getting considered like best supporting actress, like nomination win, like at all. And it pisses me off because it's a part of a big film, or because it's Curtis and we all love her, and the whole it's a time thing. And it, it it's like no, like they come about once a year. You have the opportunity to reward people. Don't go off of the mistakes you made before by not nominate winning them because it's not about that. It's about mm-hmm. the individual year and who did the best thing. But. The situation is what it is, and to be fair, I don't think Curtis is winning the Oscar, so it doesn't upset me too much. If she won the Oscar, then I'd be really upset because that would be a massive like. Well, I, I have her at number two because I'm I'm not crazy, but to your point, because every year is its own year, I love that she's nominated for this and for this performance. Mm. It doesn't it doesn't matter uh, if it might have gotten in or not gotten in in a different year it's here now because this year is this year that's what i that's that's the best part yeah i think that's fair enough but i don't know whether you're in a, <laughs> you you agree with me but do you find it a bit funny whenever like she's like when her um name's called um in the nomination um hey yeah i i predicted her to get snubbed like all season long because i was like this she feels like the person that's going to get everything and then snubbed at the very end and then I that ended up being Viola Davis. Who knew? Oh no! Please don't. That's not go- that's, we're just about to go on to that. That's not that's, speaking of Viola Davis. Um, this is where me and you, I think, will disagree. I really think Kate Blanchett's winning Best Actress. I really think it. You know, I I I did my Best Actress piece yesterday, and. I I went with Michelle Yeoh, but I know that history and logic favors Kate Blanchett in almost every every way, every way. So it will be zero surprise if either really wins. Uh, Yeoh definitely has again momentum and really 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 great timing with SAG being at the end and, and everything everywhere doing so well. But yeah, she doesn't have Academy favor on her side at all, at all. And and Blanchett does. And, and I get that completely. I, um, I don't know. Problem is I really want to go with Yo because I love her and and it's the, it's what I want to win. But just with stats, where the, where I feel like the Academy will be behind. All right, yeah, Michelle Yeoh won SAG at the best moment possible. But I feel like SAG was like overwhelming, love everything everywhere. While I think the Oscars are going to love everything everywhere, I feel like it's going to win. I think it's going to win Best Picture. I don't think they're going to show it like the overwhelming love that other award ceremonies did. It's like, you know, remember when like Nomadland, um, everyone was overpredicting it and then it only won three Oscars? I feel like. Mm-hmm. Everything, everyone will kind of be similar. I feel like oh, I think it's probably going to get picture, um, director. I'm um, 50 50 on the screenplay, supporting actor, and then maybe editing. I don't think 
it's going to go home with any more than four Oscars. And that's where I kind of draw the line at Michelle Yeoh. And, you know, that tracks with the last decade of the Oscars. There's nothing wins more than than four. The last time something won five was The Artist. And that was over 10 years ago. Um, so we don't we don't have these big wins anymore. Um, but that being said, I think everything everywhere is gonna do it. So we'll see. I mean, I'd love to see it. I'm not I'm not against it. Mm-hmm. I just I just thing is part of me doesn't want to be that guy who says it won't happen, it does happen, and I'm embarrassed myself, but then I also don't wanna be so reactional to like jump to that conclusion if you know what i mean yeah it's so easy to stick with stats and that's kind of like that's kind of what i want to do but then again like the my heart and what i want to happen is then telling me to do something else well i mean you can you just have to remain open to possibility stats are one thing and you know like we said they they favor blanchett in most every way uh the same way that everything everywhere winning picture is favored by stats in every possible way but not every category is equal to the other and not every year is equal to another so i i try not to attach the same strict guidelines to each category otherwise it's just um you know and and no shade to him but the uh band that does the oscars using math for hollywood reporter yeah i i love i love his stuff and and it's 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 how i used to be you know when i was when i was younger and that's like all i would do is use you know statistics and math but there is there is zero uh account taken for momentum passion social political anything that's happening that year at all there's there's no consideration for that and we know that that is a a thing nearly every year and certainly a lot in the last like seven to eight years it's so easy to get caught up in stats but what i think a lot of people forget is that there's nobody like sat at oscars hq who's going like right no this didn't win eddie wga and this so it can't like so we can't let that win best picture like that's not how it works they vote it gets sent off and whoever has the most votes wins and um sometimes you do have to kind of like think like right stats are meant to be broken it's going to happen one day this person has the momentum is it actually going to happen and like you know it's like last year with coda um like i just had a sense that it was just going to happen because the overwhelming love there was for the acting in that movie was sensational Mm -hmm. um so i go by stats just as much as i do how i feel because like a lot of the time of stats i think they're just coincidental to be honest um I don't know if they're coincidental, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's coincidental. It is. What would you is, say is? Well, it's it's like I was mentioning before. It's it's timing, um, and it is the difference between 
phase one of Oscar season, which is everything leading up to nominations, and phase two, which is much smaller when you have the post nominations to Oscar voting. And that's that's where CODA became two entirely different campaigns and two different stories. It only got three nominations because the the response to it in the pre-nomination phase was pretty middling. Yeah. The moment those came in, Apple was able to absolutely capitalize on that cast, the charm of that cast. They were everywhere. People felt good about voting it. And the tide completely turned uh, from something like The Power of the Dog is the most celebrated movie of the year. Uh, well, maybe celebrated is the most awarded and maybe the most mm-hmm. respected. But something we always have to acknowledge in any Oscar race is the difference between respect and passion. Because passion will always get you uh, the win more than respect. Which if we're... If we're if we circle back to best actress that is what could push yo over blanchette now and i'd agree with that clearly the academy has no problem giving white actresses three oscars they don't mind at all and blanchett is certainly at the level of francis mcdormand and meryl streep without question um but there could be, maybe, I'm only just planting this seed, uh, maybe more respect for the performance and the film than passion for it. Possibly. And I kind of think you're right in that one, in terms of... Um, I the, the Academy has been expanded so much. I think... I think, and I hope we're out the days of, oh, Mara Streep's and the Iron Lady, she's playing Margaret Factory, she wins the Oscar. I feel like the ties turned a little bit, and that is the thing that works in Michelle Yeoh's favour the most. However, in Blanchett's defence, it is a great performance that she gives. and it, It's like that, career that best. There's, it's, that's, it's, it's an absolutely incredible performance. There's... Yeah, like you know, it is a career best, and you can't, you, you know, it'd be great to see Yo win for so many different reasons. You know, the you know seeing a Korean lady win best actress stuff on the stage will be it, it'll be amazing, and it's Michelle Yo. It'll be like one of those great feel good moments that you just don't get. She's you she's know, uh, like... she's South uh, South Asian Malaysian. She's South Asian. She okay. Yes, my bad. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I stand on it. Um. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a world in which Andrew Riseborough upsets, or is that just anonymous ballots being anonymous ballots? No, I, no, no. I, I think there's a big difference between again, you know, the nominating and the and the the winning stage. It only takes like 218, 220 votes to get her into the the top five. There are ten thousand Oscar voters. That's a that's a much bigger hill for her to climb. So, kind of, with Best Actor then, where do you stand with that? Because I'm, I don't, I, I honestly don't know where I stand with it. Um, You know, 
I was I was on the side of uh, Brendan Fraser being the winner since last May, but it was always on the need for a Best Picture nomination because that's also a streak that we have been on in the expanded era where you have to be Best Picture nominated to win Best Actor unless you are Jeff Bridges in the first year of this. Um, so I felt like the whale could get in and then it got the PGA nomination and I felt really good about it because that was in my estimation, a much more difficult, uh, nomination to get. And then it did not, uh, end up in best picture. And we have two nominees in this category that are, uh, and one with a clear lead over the rest, and that is Austin Butler. He's the only one playing a real person and an icon, uh, to be sure. And if I look at my lineup of, of who I think is winning each of the four categories, he's the only person playing a real person and in that, a biopic. And that is, that's kind of... So, that's kind of yeah. where I'm at though but then even still like I'm so 50-50 on it because like on one hand Frazier is so great and it's such like the Oscar bait performance that would win and like his narrative is amazing but then when it when you kind of flip that in his head and you become more kind of stats man you just instantly think well Austin Butler's in the best picture nominated film and at the end of the day it's not like Elvis is like a number 10 or 9 best picture nominee it's like there at number 5 and 4 and it's going to it's going to win it's oh, going to yeah. win one award i think i'm not sure why i feel like there's a lot of categories where it's kind of 50-50 um cinematography being the weirdest one like i never thought i'd be in a world where i'd be saying that but there you go um the one thing and i know you're going to probably going to disagree with me on this but the one thing that makes me think and it's unlikely it's really unlikely and i know it's not going to happen probably but I look back to the year where Adrian Brody won for The Pianist, and it makes me think, is there a world where Colin Farrell could like be like the upset of the actors in like the past 10 years? Um, I mean, I have Colin Farrell in third, and his, his critics' run was spectacular. And I'm not sure if that would be the best example but it's i think it's close i think it's relatively reasonably close i mean daniel daniel day lewis won both sag and bafta that year and then lost to brody uh and and we haven't had yeah it was really funny there was a four-year streak from 2000 to 2003 where a different person one and it was just like so random so scattered um yeah russell crowe had won sag and bafta the year before then denzel washington won uh the next year johnny depp won sag uh bill murray won bafta and then sean penn won the oscar you then it kind of evened out a little bit but i don't i'm not sure there is much more much room for feral now i mean i think he was number two for a long time, maybe even number one for some people. But yeah, I 
I think there's a slight place, a little, little bit of room for him now, a little bit. The kind where it would be less shocking than Adrian Brody's win. Oh, it was hugely uh, shocking because everybody thought it was going to be Jack Nicholson or uh, Daniel Day-Lewis uh, because we were really, at that time, just going on stats and Brody hadn't won anything, not SAG, not Globe, not BAFTA. He had like National Society of Film Critics and it was just one of those um, really outside things. Uh, so it was a it was a big surprise. But, you know, that's how surprises happen when the focus is only on two people and you haven't been considering that third person. That's that's kind of when it happens. And it's not vote splitting. It's not vote splitting. It's just you're not focused on a third possibility. And that's what I've been thinking, though, because it really like I, I'm not saying I'm predicting it. But if it was to happen, like I feel like another example of like when it could have happened was I think um the year of Anthony Hopkins versus Chadwick Boseman. Riz Ahmed was right there, and looking say if we were sat here right now with Riz Ahmed with a Best Actor win, I'd get it a little bit more and would be as shocked as maybe you think I would be. And I feel like it's kind of the same situation now where Farrell won in the moment would be shocking, but then you know when you do the quarterback and you really think about it, you it it does make perfect sense. Like we've been so narrowed on these two people. But Farrell is right there and he's equally as great in his own way and he's just there ready to take it from from either of them. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 in an extremely strong film in a multi-nominated film. So yeah, either Butler, Frazier, or, or Farrell makes sense. I mean, the only the only ones that would be the crazy picks would be Bill Nye or Paul Meskel. That would be wild. And out of nowhere. Adapted screenplay? Women talking for the win, I'm assuming? Uh, I think it's a very close race between uh, women talking and All Quiet on the Western Front, which obviously has a a bit of momentum due to its nominations, but I am predicting women talking. It's got WGA, USC, uh, Critics' Choice, um, it has, thankfully, a Best Picture nomination, uh, and the but it's the SAG nomination that kind of clinched it, because there's clearly also support from from actors, even if not the individual performers. But yeah, but for the film itself, and this is a great chance to uh, reward Sarah Polly, who they've nominated before. If All Quiet did win Adapted Screenplay, would you be nervous about it taking picture or would you kind of still be keen on everything everywhere? I would maybe be a little bit nervous about it taking picture just because when, even without obviously directing and acting, which is, or editing, which is, uh, that's three huge strikes against it. Um, you know, if something is going to win Best Picture, screenplay or director or acting or a combination of those is 
a must. Yeah. You're not gonna win. You're not gonna win without it. That's why Coda won all three of its nominations. Was it the best adapted screenplay last year against that competition? No. I think it was. Do you think it but was? It kind of had to. No, I said I don't think it was. Oh, do you think it, it was? was it was. Yeah. No, it was not. <laughs> But it only had those three. It was the only three places that you know somebody that lo- that loves the film could uh, vote for it. So it won. With original screenplay, where are you at? Because I feel like half of the people are on Banshee's side, half people are on Everything Everywhere side. To be honest, I feel like it'll be Everything Everywhere. Uh, yeah, I was I was on the side of Banshees until very very recently, and it would. If it wins, it will make absolute sense. But I am, I am over on uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. And even though I can still, I can, I can, I can see either. I can see Banshee's winning. It's a bit like the Parasite versus Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It was a little bit of a split, and I think a lot of us went to parasite last minute with like the still they were still very much in the knowledge that hollywood could win but parasite won anyway and i feel like this is an extremely similar circumstance yeah i mean banshees has bafton golden globe it feels very much like a screenplay winner uh but i i am digging my heels in if i'm picking condon then i can't pick banshees for screenplay exactly i don't i feel like because then at that point if you could put condon in the sporting actress and banshees in the screenplay you must open the door to having to predict it in best picture which is not really what you want to do yeah i mean it's it, again there it's it defies a little bit of logic um because banshees wasn't eligible for writer's guild so it did not compete directly um and it beat everything everywhere at the globes and at bafta um, everything everywhere's really poor showing at BAFTA was certainly interesting. I wonder it's, why that was. Do you reckon it's because of the type of movie it is? I don't know. It's it's um it's a little odd. It's a little odd. But again, had BAFTA taken place after SAG and PGA, we might have a different story. Well, definitely after SAG. Definitely it's, after SAG. Every, everything, every, all the timing is different this year, and that's why we're getting things that's, that might s- seem like something, but probably aren't because of timing. Fair. Uh, I, I, I think it's everywhere, everywhere as I feel like passion for that screenplay is so strong and it's so original and i saw a stat and it was something like whichever like matches like critics choice something else usually wins so i feel like with where everything everywhere is looking like it's going i feel like it will be i don't know because it is rare i think parasite's the last example i can think of where it got screenplay and director um but you know at the same time and everything everywhere win would be very parasite-esque in terms of such like a passion like passion vote if you know what i mean yeah, I, I I think in in a different year, everything everywhere would be like screenplay is its only win, 
like Get Out or Call Me By Your Name or just screenplays that are really exciting and progressive and new and different or represent uh, something. Uh, but since it's winning Best Picture, they hey, they might want to spread things around. Tar might win. You don't know. Uh, do, do you really think that's actually something that could ever happen in any sort of world? That Tar could win? Hmm. Not likely, even though it is, it's probably the most screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's not like a very like, it is in some scenes, but then in other scenes it's not. It's not a very like talky, like kind of like fast paced screenplay. And I feel like that's almost it's like. It's pretty talky. It's talky, it's but not in the way the Oscars, I don't know. Is it not in the way the Oscars like it? It's not like Aaron Sorkin-esque. It's very kind of like long. It's not type. talky the way that Banshees is. Yes, that's probably what I'm going for. Yeah, that's Ban Banshees is a very Oscars talky screenplay. It's very like quirky, very like, you know, funny, but serious at times, like the type of thing the Oscars love. Um, yeah. I kind of, my favorite character just because i think it's so weird and i'm so 50 50 and one of the winners for this would be like strangest oscar win like ever for me because coming a year ago i wasn't even considering this in cinematography but what's going on in cinematography because one top gun lost the nomination which was shocking then elvis won asc and i'm like what <laughs> well elvis winning asc made perfect sense um that was honestly was actually an easy prediction because in the 36 years of the American Society of Cinematographers, they've never given a win to something that wasn't Oscar nominated. Never. So yeah. once Top Gun missed that Oscar nomination, it was not winning ASC. If it had been Oscar nominated, it would have won ASC. Do you think Top Gun was Oscar nominated? It would be Oscar probably winning? Yes. It's weird that I probably to, I feel like the only, the only reason behind why Top Gun didn't get nominated was because I guess when you watch it sometimes it's hard to see why the cinematography is great and it's like only when you do your like research you see why it's so impressive but then like on the surface when you look at films like Bardo and All Quiet like they're more like on the surface when you watch them just for what they are the cinematography stands out. Well, I mean, it was a, it was a, a a shocking snub, probably the most shocking of of oscar nomination morning really really was. um be because it was the surprise critics favorite too that's that's the thing that i think shocked everybody is that this you know summer box office popcorn action movie uh was this cinematography champion so there's i i can't really make heads or tails of why it missed out other than maybe that branch thinking wait a minute this is just a top gun movie why this isn't the kind of movie that we nominate and it clearly wasn't mm. are we both on the same page that all quiet is probably going to win yes okay i, I think i go. think elvis Pretty i think elvis there. is apps yeah i think elvis is an absolutely sneaky possible winner here though um all Quiet has BAFTA and the British Society of Cinematographers. Elvis has the American Society of Cinematographers and the Australian Academy Award. 
Mandy Walker would be the first woman ever to win this. And the thing is, I'd love to see that, but then I wouldn't because I don't want the first woman winning an Oscar for cinematography for, to be for an undeserved winner. I want it to be such a powerful moment when it does happen. But with that being said, I would still love to see a woman win cinematography. Oh, I, I think it still would be. I mean, I, I, I don't know why it wouldn't be. It's a, it's a gorgeously shot film. Which, uh, I find funny enough. I, I'm very fresh in the knowledge of this because I went and saw Elvis today because my local cinema has been reshowing all the Best Picture nominees. Oh wow! Um, and it's a very nicely shot film, but I just don't get it. People who are like, "Oh my god, like it's amazing." I feel like a lot of that in the editing, to be honest. No, I, 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 I would not disagree with you that a great deal of the look of the movie is the editing of her shots which you know it's 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 a dance between the two for sure uh i i think i think all of the stuff all especially all the vegas era stuff is the energy there is fantastic and yes it's the editing uh but it is also just where walker chooses to capture the action those little like quick zooms too right when he's like uh, and like moving i don't know there's just something I get about what you mean. something about that that is like it does contribute is... to the aggressive energy that elvis has to it super but, absolutely so but speaking of editing do you think elvis i, I think it's unlikely i thought elvis was going to win AS, um eddie to be honest and i i actually thought that would be his path to winning best editing but now it hasn't happened it's doubtful mm-hmm. but because elvis is such an aggressively like showy flashy like boom 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 movie do you think there's a world in which the oscars do bohemian rhapsody and give it the award yeah it's it's possible it i think it's possible but unlikely but then i can't shape the idea like i just sense when i'm watching the oscars and they pull out the envelope they're gonna say elvis and you see all these like videos people going crazy and like i'm just kind of here like i kind of do get it like not to say it's what i'd give it but then like when you look at what the oscars are going at before they love like the most aggressively flashy editing but that which, being said everything everywhere which is, is. everything everywhere all yeah. at once <laughs> there you go but then the thing I that mean... I- the thing that Elvis has that everything everywhere doesn't is that you know it's got like, you know like like multicam. Then there's like you know like it's going like and then like it was like showing old articles and then it like cuts and there's that bit at the start where you know that bit where like it's like Colonel Tom Parker was a liar or a cheat and it's like going foom foom like across like the billboard. It's mm-hmm. just it's just as mental everything everywhere is, um, which is why I feel doubtful towards Top Gun. I had Top Gun predicted for such a long time, but then mm-hmm. when the when Top Gun started going downhill and everything's everything everything started rising, it makes a lot more sense in just how showy it is. Well, it's it's fascinating that everything everywhere only won one BAFTA, and this was it over Top Gun. Um, but it's and also fascinating that, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, what are realistically the top three choices here? Everything everywhere, Top Gun, and Elvis are so frenetically uh uh action based in their editing and then you have banshees and tar which are on the opposite end of of that i'm glad i love having categories that have uh straightforward films whose editing is not as showy i love invisible editing 
Do you think editing sometimes, like, like I was looking back and Precious was nominated for Best Editing, and I do feel like sometimes the strong, the stronger movies and Best Picture, like Banshees and Tar, do sometimes get in. To be fair, I love that Tar's here, but then I look at, like, um, stuff outside of um, Best Picture, like, I'm not trying to say it was ever going to happen, but, you know, like Glass, Onion, movies like that, genuinely strong editing that I probably would have given it over. Do you think sometimes Best Editing's like a we love we love the movie type of nominee? Yeah, I mean, back in the day, uh, an editing nomination showed the strength of your of your movie. Mm. Um, I mean, rather famously, Brokeback Mountain did not get an editing nomination. Uh, and the last time something had won Best Picture without one was Ordinary People, 25 years before that. So there is clearly a an importance to this that that voters assign to this category with the exception of coda obviously um so we are looking at i mean the top four movies of the year of in in best picture with everything elvis banshees and tar yeah the fact that all quiet's not here is a huge eyebrow raise it should absolutely be here it should be in the winning conversation, to be honest. Yeah, but you know who would who would it get, who would it boot out? Tar Banshees. That would Actually, suck. You know what? We should have been. I don't know if people are gonna like me for saying this. I think Babylon would be a great editing nomination. Babylon would have been another of the everything Top Gun Elvis uh, type of m- massive amount of editing. <laughs> Speaking of Babylon, best original score is a really interesting one because I was so certain Babylon would be winning, but now it seems like All Quiet sneaking up on it, looking likely to maybe take its award from it. Um, I think it's, I think it's possible. I think I think it is Babylon. I'm still sticking to Babylon. I'm 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 going with All Quiet because this is one of two categories that Babylon is in where it is going up against four Best Picture nominees. And that is not easy to do in this category. Um, It's happened four times in the last 22 years. Sometimes cases that were very specific, like Soul winning over Mank and Minari made sense because it ran the entire season and won everything. The Hateful Eight winning over uh, Bridge of Spies was a coronation for Morricone. Um, I I wonder, I wonder. But on the other side, All Quiet didn't get Globe nominated. And that historically is really in favor of this category and that's the thing with every single nomination and predicting you can flip things on their head and go through certain scenarios all you want yeah you you can you can you can go by whichever narrative you think is the one that is going to match up this year and that is the golden globe one where babylon wins or the best picture one where all quiet wins not that there isn't a situation where something like everything everywhere uh might be able to spoil here like if if everything everywhere if this is like an early category and it wins 
holy crap well we know what's the best picture don't cause, we because that's because that's that's like verging into sweep territory if it can win this i, I it'd be great i'd love to see it but yeah i'd but be that's really not gonna happen i it, it, yeah i feel like at that point if you're predicting everything everywhere that's a bit going a bit far-fetched that being said yeah. you know never say never um yeah speak going from one music character to another uh i hope you can share love with me that it's just great to see nasty nasty likely to win the oscar for best original song um i i think it is the front runner but it's i i hope it's steam and momentum have been able to take it through uh voting for that to happen i am a little because... bit concerned for it but that being said hold my yeah. hand and lift me up just haven't had that much level of passion to be honest no they haven't had that level of passion but the last four years the winners here have been huge singing superstars like natu natu is on my playlist and i play it quite often i love that song it's so catchy and energetic yeah, I think it's I think it's the front runner, but I am absolutely not counting out Lift Me Up. I think it can totally win here. And I know you love Diane Warren, but like what is it with her getting nominated every year for every song? Like I swear, like some like movie studios should look and they go, Right, if we can get attached to our film right as a song, we're getting at least one Oscar nomination. I mean because like applause, what the what the fuck is what like what what the hell is tell it like it's, a woman? I have no idea what that is. It's it's not her worst song for sure by by a long shot. But um, you know this is because all of these nominations are branched based branch based. She'll almost always get in, uh, and getting in just months after uh getting the honorary Oscar speaks shows, to shows they love her to her her strength and whether that is cronyism or whether it's something else it is what it is she'll almost she'll almost always be in fifth place when she's nominated most of the time <laughs> i think i think she knows it now she just takes it in a stride like she knows she's always the fifth place nominee kind of but i mean i've talked with her a few times and oh i've I spoken she, to her i know she, she really wants to win she no 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 i've she, spoken to her she's great she's got such a level yeah, i she's love got, her she's so charming whenever you speak to her and she's hilarious and yeah and she's also, funny yeah yeah but it's and she's one of those people in the industry like you know maybe you know not everyone on the street necessarily would know her name even though she is i have spoken to some people before and i brought up her name just sparingly and they actually know who she is so she is actually for a songwriter she is actually quite famous but um yes yeah, she's such like a legend in this industry, and so she's like worked with everybody and worked on every song. Like it's crazy, like how like I mean, she is the first songwriter to win an honorary Oscar, who's you know primarily known as a songwriter first. And it goes that's goes to show wild. the respect. It goes to show the respect she has. But yeah, I it was always an uphill battle for her to ever win an Oscar. I feel like Yosi, she had a really good shot the a few years ago, and I was almost kind of upset for her because I felt like that was the closest she was going to ever come in a long time. And when it didn't happen, it was I can imagine it was heartbreaking for her. But um, I almost felt like getting the honorary Oscar is just going to make it harder now because they're going to think, well, we've given her a form of an Academy Award. Do we really give her the song win? Yeah, except there. I mean, there are a, a few recent examples of somebody getting an honorary and then winning competitive very soon if not the next year spike lee just did it 
mean, it's, oh yeah, it's he did, didn't he? It's, it's not possible. impossible. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, it, it's it's possible, but it'll it has to be the exact right project at the right time, and against the right competition. Um, so, uh, best sound. Where are we at? I've got Top Gun Maverick, but I feel like it's a two way race between Top Gun and Avatar. To be honest. So, unlike a lot of people, and I know it's risky, I am predicting a Top Gun shutout and not winning anything. Um, to be honest, though, I think that's even really though this fair. this goes against this category's recent history, which loves to combine film editing and sound. That's why I did my predictions together for it because the categories are so connected. So Top Gun winning both makes tons of sense it makes perfect sense um or elvis for that matter they're the only two movies that have both nominations so if we're gonna follow the path of of recent history then it would make sense that one of them would win both predicting a split year of editing and sound is risky and i'm risking it um it's so strange that everything everywhere isn't in sound. Uh, just as strange as All Quiet not being in film editing. That might be more than enough for voters to be like, Top Gun, Top Gun, both. We're done. We're done. <laughs> I, I completely agree. But then again, I think the shout out is possible. Um, do you think Elvis could upset? Tough movie Elvis that would. I have Elvis in third place in both editing and sound. Um, so it could, it could, but I don't feel like it would be this year. Although the sound, and I, this is why I wish that sound was still two categories. The sound mixing in Elvis is so intricate and phenomenal about where and how they choose to blend Austin Butler singing and Elvis Presley singing. Because it gets to a point where it is invisible. And it is both of them. The, the mix is extraordinary. Um, but I, I don't know. It's, um, I still think it is in third in both categories. I completely agree. But I feel like if it spoils in one, it's going to spoil in the other. If we live in a world where best sound yeah. comes up and it somehow upsets, I feel like we're in for a best editing win as well. I feel like well, be... then then we do have a Bohemian Rhapsody redo. To we do a to a quite a degree. And Elvis and Bohemian Rhapsody, even though they're both biopic music films, they are very different in their own right in terms of like the type of like energy they kind of bring to. Yes, them, but... one is really really good, and the other is Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, but Bohemian Rhapsody is a bag of ass, mate. I fucking hate it. <laughs> it's one of the worst movies of all time. It's, whoa, whoa. Gee, yeah. Do you actually think that? I actually do think that. It's the worst editing winner of all time. I agree with you. Sure. What about Bohemian Rhapsody do you hate so much? Is it like, are you, is it like a personal thing? or? Oh, I just think that every bit of it rings false. I think it is the blandest it's so uh, bland, isn't type it? of biopic that you could possibly ever do. And the thing um, I find hilarious is that the only reason it's so loved is because of the ending scene. No, the re it's a jukebox musical. Mm. 
and that's 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 it. That's the that's the only reason that. But it, it really is, bothers me. It was a popular hit because I know so many people that love it in like my in like my personal life, and I just think it. I just think it's shit. I think it's boring. I think it's. I think it's bland. I think it's dry. I don't think Rami Malek's that good in it. To be honest with you, I just think no. He's it, not that good in it. I think it's shit. <laughs> it really is just shit. If I'm being honest. No, it's I hate it. I hate feel it's just feel good biopic bullshit, and it's so disrespectful towards Freddie Mercury and everything he did. It's just it's just it is, and then that's 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 one of the things I think that is. So I mean, we're just going on a a rant here, but whatever. It's one of the things kind of that's so bad about it, and this 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 happens to biopics all the time. They are not you know to the letter a person's life. They they absolutely. you know, change timelines for narrative and all of that. And that's, it's fine. There's a big difference between telling somebody's life story uh, versus the cinematic version of it's, it. That's it, absolutely it, okay. It doesn't have to be a black and white retelling, in my opinion, but it's got to stay respectful to them. And Bohemian Rhapsody is a PG-13 feel-good movie. And if you knew anything about um, Freddie Mercury, he lived a hardcore life. His life was anything but a PG-13. I think he was going to the limits and of that- 17 and not not just that it's that brian may it was ultimately really up to him and the surviving members of how this story was told and the story was told completely as the band members being awesome and supportive and getting fucked over and freddie mercury being an absolute piece of shit Mm. and who can defend it, he can't defend himself it almost makes you it almost makes you think what they think of him if that's how they if that's how they decide to tell the story yeah it's garbage yeah, it's garbage anyway <laughs> last category um i've got a few i think there's this is a freeway race i don't know too much about this category it's probably the one that i've probably paid least attention to which i kind of regret now because i think it's an interesting category um where do you stand with best documentary um, I am with uh, Navalny winning because it is terrible. Um, and Makes sense people, then. <laughs> pe- yeah, people can feel like, oh my God, this Russian rebel standing up against Putin, this is awesome. When it's it's such a artificially created narrative of a story. Um, and it's just straying so far from what documentaries i mean i don't want to sound too traditionalist i love non-traditional progressive non-fiction filmmaking yeah um hale county this morning from a few years ago is one of the best nominations in this category of all time but this is i don't know it's 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 different it's something else but i think people will feel really good about voting for it Okay, and I think that's all I've got to say in documentary because I don't know much about it. Just kind of in general, summarizing all like the nominees, um, forgetting about what's going to win, just the nominees in general. How did you feel about like this year's like nominees in general? Did you think like it's quite a good positive year for nominees? Do you feel like a disappointing year in terms of what ended up getting nominated? Because I feel like, especially Best Picture, I think it kicks ass. I think it's great. I love this category. Um, all the Beauty and the Bloodshed is what I think probably should be winning um fire of love is a great nomination here and i'm glad that it's here because 
they have definitely gone through the documentary branch has gone through a period where this is exactly the kind of movie that they don't nominate and they snub it. Uh, it's so great really to see actually it's here. Um, All That Breeze is one of the best movies of the year. Most beautiful movies. It's the kind of movie that I wish uh, voters would look outside of documentary for the great uh texts and crafts that can be celebrated this should have a cinematography nomination period mm. I agree um i think house of splinters is great because it's also one of those here's like the sneaky doc that the branch actually did see but most people don't know about so it's a really balanced category and then the worst one's winning <laughs> and then yeah the one that i think because of how voting is now because voting used to only be in some categories the branch documentary branch uh foreign language film as it was called then it was only those branches and and members uh that were voting on both the nominees and the winners now everybody can so and it's I get gonna it. be the thing that is most seen and most celebrated and i get it to an extent because film is subjective i have a say but then i feel like there's a danger where we get a lot of undeserved winners when sometimes when you break it down and somebody who's actually an expert in cinematography someone who's an expert in music they actually get like what an actual achievement is from a movie whilst you know somebody else who's in like the actors ranch can listen to someone and think oh that sounds nice tick <laughs> i'm i'm a big fan of branches doing their nominations and winners. Do you think it should be the same for every single branch except for Best Picture? I kind of do. I kind of think it would be really fun. I think there would be less... Um... Now, like we just said, we haven't had like sweeps in a really, really long time. But I still think it would be uh, less hive mind if mm -hmm. if branches voted in, in their own category. I think it'd be fascinating. Okay. So I was given the 10 minute warning about two minutes ago, so I'll wrap things up. But last thing I'll ask you before I leave you at peace, if you could choose the best picture. So what are you predicting for the best picture and what would you choose? Um, of the nominees of or the... anything? Actually, fuck it. Go with anything. Why not? I mean, I'm predicting everything everywhere for best picture. As am I. Um, of the 10, I would also pick that as my winner, but after sun is would be my number one choice okay so did not get nominated i'm predicting everything everywhere to win um and of the 10 i'm probably my personal best picture winner like yeah i'm such a you know i'm a i'm, I'm a fella I'm a, you know i like action movies i like i like beer drinking i probably go talk on maverick to be honest <laughs> That's fine. It's a great movie. I it's a lot of fun. I love Top Gun Maverick. I think it's great. Not even on like a, like, it's so much fun. I do, I genuinely think in its own right, it is a great movie. Even down to the screenplay, I think it's great. And I know a lot of people are taking a shit on that nomination, but I just love it. And I think for action movies, it's done so much. It it saved Hollywood's ass. It it, it just it just did so much for that genre. And um, I'm thankful to see it around, but I also just love it in its own right. I went and saw it way too many times when it came out. <laughs> I'd, if it came out again tomorrow, I'd go see it again. I just love it. So completely going off of like what I just love personally, forgetting about the politics around all of these, that's what I choose. But um, mm -hmm. Eric, whenever I talk to you, I really enjoy our conversations. They're probably like my favorite, favorite chats I have in a year. So 
Thank you for popping on to our review so last minute. Um, I know it's early on in the... It's still, still early in the day, isn't it, in the US? Yeah, it's like 11.30 here, but it's it's all good. It's perfect timing for me. Perfect. I mean, everything planned for your day? You got any any events or anything going on in the award circuit? Um, um, I've, I'm still finishing up my uh, best picture predictions, which will be out either later today or tomorrow. And then I'm heading to LA on Friday uh, for the weekend. Oh, I thought you meant about. I'm not going to the Oscars. the Oscars, but I am going, uh, and and hanging with with friends and and doing stuff for the weekend. You know, like stand there like the barrier and like trying to pull like. Oh hell no! Like... Oh, oh, Eric, I don't, oh, I don't really? need to do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> you already I, that, know them too well, anyway. That was that was shadier than I meant for that to sound, but no. No, it's my. It's funny, anyway. And Mr. Eric, Eric. Mr. Eric Hansen, thank you very much, sir. <laughs> really thank you, Benji. Right, see you later, mate. Thank you. Bye-bye.